like that. Blog Talk Radio. He was up each morning with the dawn because he knew his daily run was long and hard and he had to be ready to get his freight train down the track determination he would never lack the little locomotive called freight train Freddy. Hi everyone, welcome to Getting on Top. I'm your host, Paul Morris. Excuse me, <coughs> clear my throat. And uh, we're here Wednesdays from 4 to 4.30 p.m. And we're broadcasting from the southern Hudson Valley region of New York State, which is the uh, northern suburbs of New York City, my hometown. And if anyone has a call-in uh, question for me or my guest, you could dial one three four seven two one five nine four five six, and uh, that little ditty uh, you just heard was Freight Train Freddy from the book of the same name, which is a uh, rhyming children's story I wrote about a 19th century steam engine called Freight Train Freddy, and the gentleman who uh, was singing the song wrote and sang the song is also the uh, illustrator of the book. He draws beautiful pictures. If someone would like to see some of the pictures and uh, read some of the uh, rhyming verse, uh, you can go to ftfcreations.com. That's FTF as in Freight Train Freddy, creations.com. And also you could buy it for two ninety nine on the iPad or Kindle. And the iPad version has the complete song, if anybody likes to hear that. And uh, I'm very happy today to have back with me Betsy Thompson. And we're going to be talking about her new book called Love Human. Betsy is the author of six inspiring books. I think I have the number right, but close, hopefully. Betsy also worked as a model actor in TV commercials, had a 17-year career in the TV and movie industry, becoming executive assistant to the president and COO of Warner Brothers. Today we'll be discussing Love Human, where you where you come from and where you are going. And if anyone would like to find out more about Betsy and what she does, you can go to www.betsythompson, B-E-T-S-Y-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N.com. Hi, Betsy. How are you? I'm fine, Paul. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Uh, we have a call in already, but uh, wow. we'll get to that person in a moment. I don't know. Sometimes they call in just to listen to the show. They don't have a question, but we'll uh, we'll get the show going, and then uh, we'll get to that call in. Please uh, be patient. Um, so you've written about six books. Am I close? That's, that's close. That's <laughs> exactly right on the right on the button. That's that's exactly right. On right on the nose. Okay. I think yeah. I had one too many last time, so I figured eventually <laughs> I'd get to the right number. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, I know uh, you write about spirituality, and uh, you know I get involved and write about that as well. And uh, what made you write this particular book? And, you know, what are you trying to get across to uh, the readers? 
Well, the book is about finding comfort in a world where uncomfortable things happen. And I wrote the book because I was curious about, uh, I've always been somebody who questioned and questioned and questioned, and um, once I realized that I had this gift, and then I just said, well, I'm just going to ask every single question I ever had, and that's what all my books are about, and and uh, I listen for an answer, and, and that, that's what the book is. It's about uh, yeah. finding comfort in a world where uncomfortable things happen, and um, where it's about where we come, came from and where we're going and what, what this journey is all about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, how would you sum up what our journey is about? I'm going to get into details, obviously, but in general, you know, what's your take on why we're here? Well, I think it's about um, the idea that we're here to discover the love within ourselves and the autonomy that we've forgotten we have and uh, remembering that we're more powerful than we think we are. I, I think that our lives come, are form out of our attitudes and opinions, and, and whatever attitudes and opinions we put out there into the universe, we attract back to us. So we just have to make sure that we behave towards others the way we want to others to behave with us because you can't get away from the physics of emotional action reaction uh you give you get and but we are in control of what we we put out there we're in control of how we feel about our journey and how we view our journey uh you know we can think of it as uh as you know a place full of cruelty and hate or we can think of it as a place full of love and and uh compassion mm-hmm. Well, I know uh, a while back you told me something about yourself that struck me uh, that you said once you decided to take full responsibility for your, for your life, then things started working the way they should have. And yeah, I couldn't agree I with you more my, about that. The first, yeah, the first half of my life I spent blaming everyone else for every problem I ever had. And I mean, I went through everybody, you know, my, my ex-husbands, my parents, my everybody, and really all that did was attract a lot of people into my life who were only too happy to blame me for everything that was wrong with their life, and um, I ended up almost homeless, and um, I got to this point where I realized my life certainly wasn't working, it hadn't certainly turned out the way I expected it to, and I I had this gift of, of being able to communicate with spirit, and I said a prayer one night that, you know, I had ignored this gift for half my life, and I said I wanted to honor the gift, but I sure needed a job to support me while I did it, and three weeks later, I got the job in the entertainment business that supported me for the next 18 years and supported me well uh, so that I could retire and write full-time. So it was like the universe said to me, it was like the universe saying to me, uh, if you're ready, we're ready, and here we go. Wow. That's interesting. It was very powerful. It was like a complete turnaround in a couple of weeks' time. I didn't realize you, you know, I know we we all have uh, intuitive psychic powers uh, yes. to more or less an extent. I didn't realize that you relied on them that much. Well, let's see if the caller has a question now that we kind of introduce things before okay. we get into detail and or perhaps they're just listening. Hi, caller from 609 Area Code. You just want to listen or you have a question for me and my guest? Yeah, I'm just listening. <laughs> okay, no problem. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. Are you on the live radio? So 
Like, yes. I don't know what channel that is. No, <laughs> it's, it's the Internet. It's the Internet. Oh, it's on the Internet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. The station is run from the Internet. It's all, it goes all over the world. Okay. I'll just put you on uh, to listen. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Just so we don't hear their background noise. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, we'll try to get through a few chapters here. Uh, you talk about things that are interesting. I see here, where does my imagination come from? That's a great question. But where do you say it comes from? Well, I think it comes from uh, within our own soul. And uh, it's about, this chapter is really about all of creation and what our imagination has created for us. Since the beginning of time, like the the, the imagination that we have to to imagine, imagine possibilities for ourselves and all the possibilities that we have imagined. I mean, it starts with the the idea of us coming here uh, when we decided that it might be fun to experiment in form and matter, and how we came here as the complete love of God in our hearts because we only knew love at the time, and um, it. It goes through the different phases that the human race has gone through, first from the Garden of Eden and then to the lost communication when we forgot that uh, we communicated perfectly with each other through our feelings, but then when other ideas started to interfere with the love in our hearts, we couldn't feel each other like w- the way we used to, so we had to mutate into people who had mouths, and, and then we went through this a phase of when ego started to interfere with our journey, we started to feeling envious of other people and what they had instead of what we had, and which introduced war, and so it's, a, it's, it's this long uh, sort of uh, condensed saga of uh, the history of, of man in form in, on planet Earth. And uh, mm-hmm. all this is out of our imagination, and it's not about anything bad really happening. It's about the fact that we can try anything we want to try, and our curiosity sometimes leads us in directions that, uh, that are, are, bring us struggle, but that doesn't mean that we can't get back to peace again. It's just that it's been, um, because we have this option of choosing whatever we want to experience, we've tried just about everything. We have another call here. Again, we'll see if this person has a question. Okay. This one is from 319. I don't know where where that is. 609, I know. It's Jersey. Okay. Uh, Hi, caller from 319 Area Code. Uh, You have a question or comment, or are you just listening to the show? Hello? Okay. I guess they're just listening. Oftentimes they don't want to talk on the air. They're shy. Yeah, right. stage fright. <laughs> I'll put them on. Well, hey, it's it's it's. They say people are more afraid of public speaking than death. So uh, <laughs> I uh-huh. can understand. You know the old joke. You know when someone is asked to, to talk at a funeral, they said, "I'd rather be in a casket than stand up and, <laughs> and make a speech. Uh-huh. I'd rather change places with the deceased." Um, Okay, so how do we find comfort? That's uh, that's a good question. How do you uh, how do you answer that? Well, the only place you can find comfort or more comfort than you already have is in what you consider uncomfortable. Uh, so, I mean, where else are you going to find it? We have our lives, and we have certain things that are comfortable for us to experience, and that we have love in those directions. So, if we want more love in our life or more comfort, we have to go to where we feel uncomfortable, and then find the comfort there. And uh, to find wow. the comfort there is to really change how we perceive 
you know, what is happening in the world, uh, because our perception of everything is the way we believe it is. We, if we see life as unpredictable, we feel afraid. If we see life as entertaining, we feel mm-hmm. amused. If we see life mm-hmm. as hateful, we feel angry. So it's all about the attitude that we have uh, about what we are experiencing. If we see the pain, we feel awful. If we see the growth, we feel much better. Uh, we feel autonomous. That's uh, because we're, if we, if we know what we're see- if we know how we feel, uh, and we know what we're perceiving, then we have the power to change it. If we ignore ourselves and what we're, what is happening to around us and, and with us and we're receiving from other people, if we ignore that, we have no power to change it because we're just not even acknowledging that it's, that it's there for us to deal with. Yeah. No, I, I know a lot about it. I mean, I went, uh, <clears throat> I went from a computer program to a salesperson with my decision. I wanted it very badly, but it scared the hell out of me. And I had to really stretch my comfort zone to do that. And they talk yeah, a lot you know, in sales Paul, about Well, I think that's what life is all about, um, is I, uh, conquering the things I that we're afraid of. I couldn't agree with you of. more. Yeah, we're walking, walking into what we fear, and, um, yes. and, and therefore yes. one less thing to be fearful about. No question about it. And that, that, that's what happened. I mean, I didn't yeah. realize it. I had a goal, and I wanted to do this thing badly enough to suffer through the, you know, the discomfort. But coming out the other end, I mean, you know, I grew tremendously from it, just yeah. like you said. And then yeah. and I, you have less we comfort because the there. Yeah, and then you have less comfort because there are less. There are more things in your comfort zone when you finish. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, before I, I told you before the show started that I was starting to do these shows and expos, and I was terrified of going in that direction in the beginning. And I said, well, if I'm terrified of it, that's why it's that's why it's here, and I'm dealing with it. And um, mm. and of course now I'm like all excited about it and having fun and looking forward to, to the next one and and enjoying it. So I took that's the same idea of taking something that really feels uncomfortable and fearful and realizing that it's just a matter of of uh, going there and enjoying myself and sharing my heart with other people, and that's that's all it's about. Well, you're a brave person, but uh, it takes bravery, no question. Courage is an important part of life. And, uh, you know, Tony Robbins, you know, uh, most people know him or, you know, who uh, do this kind of work. Most people know of him anyway. They're fairly famous. And and one of the things, one of the main things he said was, if you can't, you must. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I like that. You can't, you, know, you must. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah it, it's very concise, and uh, and he's, he, you know, he he didn't he didn't make up any of this stuff, but he's a, he's the best one of the best sales promoters in the world, and he knows how to get things put things across, and uh, he's absolutely right. That's that's where yeah. your growth comes from. That's where you know it comes people from, say, yeah. well, how do I grow? How do I feel better? Well, you know that thing you're afraid of, like you said, the mo find the thing you're most afraid of and do it. And yeah, and I th- I don't even think you have to try about. very hard because I think the universe has it right there in front of you. What's what you're yeah. ready for, and uh, you can ignore it, of course, but doesn't mean it's going to go away. It's just going to come up again in another way. Maybe something maybe that you're more willing to. To chance to take a chance or risk or something, but it's always in front of us because the the soul is here to grow, and it so therefore presents us with our challenges and what they are. And and I, you know another part of my challenge in this uh, every time there's an expo, they ask if you want to speak, and I've been saying no, I don't want to speak, no, I don't want to speak. And finally, I went, I got into an expo that I really wanted to go to, and the woman said, well, because you've written six books, we'd love to have you as a speaker. And I thought, oh, I'm going to say yes before I have a chance to say no. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I said yes. I said I would do it. So, so now that I have that coming up. But you know, it's it is. If you can't, you can't. You must. I love it. I'm going to say that mantra to myself over and over. It, have you done the presentation? Is this going to be? No, your first I haven't one? done it. Uh, it'll be in the fall, and um, and this uh, is your first but, one. Uh huh. Yeah. Be, I mean, I've gotten up oh. and spoken in front of people before at small groups, but I, I have right. never done it at an expo. And of course, it's something new, and and then the old oh. fear comes up, you know, and ego tries to discourage you and say you can't do it. And I, you just have to walk through those things. You have to say, I can do it, and I'm going to do it. And and um, I mean, you know, you have to ask yourself, what's the worst thing that can possibly happen? Well, I mean, right. probably doing something like that, the worst thing that can probably happen is a few people don't listen to you, and that's if that's the worst that ever happens. I mean, that's that's not so bad. Well, yeah, I, I actually uh, work with people on presentations because I had a training business. So maybe we'll talk about it off the air if you're interested. Okay. Um, yeah, there are a couple of little simple things that could really make it a lot a lot easier and uh, make you feel more comfortable about it. Um, so what happens in transition? What does that mean? What is that all about? Well, what happens in transition, I, I believe, or the message I've heard, is that it's not so much, it's not so different from what's happening right now. It's like a breakthrough. I think when you birth into humanness, it's like a breakthrough for you, and when you leave humanness, it's like a breakthrough there for you, too. Uh, I, I think it's pretty much the same idea. And when, when you're in transition, uh, when you look, um, you look back over your life, and we've heard enough stories of what people experience when they pass over, that they go through this kind of review of where they found love in their lives and where they didn't. Mm-hmm. And so and it's probably the same idea as uh, reviewing school, where you went to school somewhere and you said, you know, well, what did I... If, I, if I'm going to school, what do I hope to understand while I'm in that school? What do I hope? How do I hope that I'll be uh, trained to do something that I want to do? Or you know, so that's what you're that's what you're doing. You 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 move into transition, and and you I don't know. Maybe you stay for a long time. Maybe you don't. Maybe it depends on who you are and what you had this lifetime. And so you ask yourself uh, after experience this this lifetime, what am I hoping to understand? And where are the lessons that offer me the edification I seek? And and w- what do I hope will happen if I succeed? And so you go through the, another breakthrough of understanding where you didn't find love this lifetime, and so you plan another journey where you hope to find the love you missed before. I think that's what it's all about because I can't imagine anything uh, that we are trying to accomplish except to to increase the love in our hearts and to become more happy and joyful about the fact that we exist. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think... Well, from what I understand is we make a plan. It's like planning a vacation. We plan, yeah. uh, you know, to learn certain things along the way. And like a vacation, there's a lot of little stuff happens in between that just kind of, you know, impromptu. But, uh, you know, the major points we know, but, uh, you know, along the way this and that comes up. we got to remember why we're here. Yeah, I think yeah, I mean, I, you know, we don't. I think I, we talked about that before because that's one of the ideas sure, in the other sure. book that that you, we go I'm on a vac. Sure. You know, when you go on a vacation, you plan where you're going to go, you plan how long you're going to be there, you plan who you're going to be there with, and you plan what you're going to do when you're there. So why would we be any less uh, uh, serious about this journey? Why would we? we why would we <laughs> give any less to this journey? Of course, we have our challenges that we set up for ourselves. And how we deal with them, of course, is up to us once we get here. 
But I'm sure we set up the challenges that we think will make us grow and and help us to find more love and increase the compassion in our lives and all the things that we want to have. Yeah, you know, because I was thinking when you talk about the brought up when I brought up the thing you most scares you the most. You know, mm-hmm. I think the reason why it scares you the most is because that's the thing that stands out. It's there for a reason. It wouldn't stand out so much if it wasn't something that life wants you to think about, <laughs> to deal yeah. with. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't be there if it wasn't important. It's you know, most people right. think of it as a just a pain in the neck, but no, it it's trying to get your attention. That's why Yeah. That's why it, it bothers you so much. So, you yeah, know, if you just deal like with the people, it. Just you, like the people in our life, Paul, the people that exactly. we we don't yeah. want to deal with. They're really a great gift yeah, to us right. to show us yeah. what we need to look at in ourselves. Yeah. It, yeah. I know, I know, it's so true. Uh <laughs> and it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to accept that the person you hate the most is the person that's that you learn the most from. <laughs> yeah, we well, you get better at it when it's you hard. have a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right exactly. It's, uh, it's yeah. hard to deal with when you're ang- when you're not in a good mood. Um, yeah. Uh, so, one of the chapters talks about judgments. Are they he- are they helpful? Are judgments helpful? Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it, it's about. Um, it's, the, the truth that I've heard is that there's nothing in this world that is good, bad, wrong, or right. It just simply is. And we're not affected by the judgments of others unless their judgments have something to teach us about our own. Uh, so uh, th- this book brings up all the obvious places that most of us do judge in terms of people, the philosophy that people have, uh, the fact that we think we designate some people as victims, uh, the idea of war, uh, the idea of abortion, the idea of aging even, and, and sickness, you know, sick people being sick and, and people having handicaps. And so it goes, it, it talks about each of those categories and and uh, discusses them in a way that, uh, that really says, you know, why would the universe judge anything as good, bad, wrong, or right? Mm-hmm. If all is known as the needed growth in the people who have them, and mm-hmm. so it's about letting go of our own personal judgments about what is right, wrong, good, and bad, and who's who's doing wrong and who's doing right. I mean, I think we all come here to play some kind of a role, and who are we to judge the role that someone else has chosen to play and the role that all of us have agreed that person could play. It's it's like uh, when you judge someone, what you're really saying is the person that person's soul is a dummy, and I think that's an impossible equation. I think the soul is always wise, and so how do we know what role a person needs to live this lifetime in order to have a breakthrough, in order to evolve? We don't know because we have no idea what they've lived before, and so judgment is just not appropriate. Yeah, in fact, uh, they may just be acting that way for you to learn something. <laughs> they could be here just for your benefit alone. I mean, That's it's right. a possibility, especially That's if you right. know them well, and they're playing this role to get irritated just because you asked them to. Yeah, I, I really believe that's true. And they're doing I believe you a favor, volunteer. and here you are bad-mouthing them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it happens that way. I think people volunteer to be your challenges, and I, they probably yeah. volunteer to be your challenges because they care so much that you make exactly. progress. They care about you. Right, uh, right, right. 
Isn't it's it ironic? <laughs> yeah, but it's looking at things. Once you understand the dynamics of it, it, it changes your whole outlook on it. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. uh, you have an interesting question here. Is my soul always with me? Yes, and in fact, it's the only part of you that is always with you. Uh, we, but we have two voices inside our head. You know, when people say, well, I hear yeah. this voice, you know, I've, we read about in the mm. news all the time, a voice told me to kill mm. him, a voice told me to blow everybody up. Um, well, we have two voices inside of us. We have the voice of love and we have the voice of ego. And the voice of ego is full of demands about what we should or shouldn't do, should or shouldn't say, should or shouldn't feel. It sounds like a tyrant. It makes fun of our dreams. It gives us ultimatums. It disapproves of our choices. It keeps us uneasy, and, and it sabotages our hearts. And that, So if you have anything you're hearing from within you, and it sounds like that, yeah. you know it isn't love. Yeah. And love has a message of yeah. kindness, understanding, trust in the moment. Uh, love reminds us that everything in life is meaningful, even pain, if it move, moves us inward toward love. But both voices are present, and we decide which voice to honor and which voice to ignore. Mm. Yeah, I, I've always wondered about those voices. I was just trying to figure out who who, who was who there. Uh, yeah, I mean, the so voice of, my... you only have to remember that the voice of love always has uh, respects everyone, respects the journey mm. of everyone, uh, wow. has compassion for every journey, and the voice of ego is always disrupting. And it, you can tell by how you feel. You can tell by well, how you feel. Well, it always gives me a hard time. I, it doesn't say anything about anybody else. <laughs> it's always challenging me to say, yeah, big shot, you know, or whatever <laughs> it is. And, you know, and I can't get out of line. It's always there to hit me over the head. It drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you aren't alone. <laughs> what? What? I mean, we're, if we're here, we're dealing with it, you know? No. If we're I, still here, I, we're I'm dealing not, with I'm it. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying, I, I, you know, it's like, anyway. Okay, so what are my mirrors <laughs> about? What is that? Mirrors. Well, what are I, mirrors? that's the, the idea that we always face our emotional selves in other people. And, um, Dark side. It, it, if we, um, yeah. we want to know, you know, our, our, our current status in terms of how we have the progress we've made in our lives, we only have to check out the people around us and ask how they uh, how they behave and how they're making you feel. It's, uh, you know, each morning we look in the mirror and change our hair, our accessories, and our clothes until we like what we see. So just as we have this physical mirror to verify our physical image, we have an emotional mirror to verify our emotional image. And th- those are the people around us that we face. Yeah, some people talk about it as our, our shadow side. I know, yeah. what, oh, what's her name? Ford, uh, I forget her first name, wrote about that a lot. Very, very fascinating. Well, the, the, the interesting part of it is, is just as we're free to alter the physical image, we are free to, to alter the emotional image because, um, you know, when you go in the mirror and you don't like your hair, then you fuss around with it until you do like it. Um, it, it and if you don't like the person around you, then you have to ask yourself, what are they, what are this? What is it about that person that irritates you so much? And if it's their confronting or um, their patronizing, then that's Mm -hmm. the signal that we need to deal with the confronting part in ourselves and the patronizing part of ourselves. And I've had lots of those (laughs) challenges. Who who hasn't? (laughs) Yeah, who hasn't? hasn't? We all do. Um, Yeah, that's that's definitely a challenge for me. 
Um, but it's very empowering okay. too, because once you discover that you're the you're the co- you're the action reaction, uh, the you're culprit. the one who's who's in control of what you attract to you. It really it's very empowering because then you know you're in control of changing it. You know, it's it's interesting in the sales business. It was you know everybody there, all these gurus in different you know areas of endeavor, and uh, and there was a a very famous uh, speaker in sales called Zig Ziglar. And one of his favorite expressions was, whenever you point your finger at someone, three other fingers are pointing back at you. You know, he always used to say that. Yeah. So it's pretty appropriate here. I guess. Yeah, and the reason is because the universe likes to give you more than you give. I mean, it it, it thinks that's what you love. The universe thinks everything is love. And therefore, if you are patronizing patronizing or confronting with somebody else. For instance, if I was patronizing and confronting with someone else, the universe would say, oh, Betsy thinks patronization and confronting others is love, so let's give her a lot more of that back. <laughs> give her some of her own medicine. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, it, it, I, we're I have telling an extra, the universe that that's what we love. I have an extra uh, 15 minutes beyond the, the half hour, but the live feed ends at 30 minutes, so I just want to... Tell people you're listening to Getting on Top. I'm your host, Paul Morris. We're here Wednesdays from 4 to 4.30 p.m. That's East Coast time. And we broadcast from the southern Hudson Valley region of New York State, which is the uh, northern suburbs of New York City. And if anyone would like to find out more about me, you can go to conqueringdepressionforlife.com. And uh, actually, I'm, I'm working on a website. It'll be up in a couple of weeks. And my guest today is Betsy Thompson, and you can find Betsy at www.betsythompson.com. We're going to go on for you know a few more minutes here. Uh, there was there was another uh, uh, chapter that I wanted to ask you about. Oh, prayer. Do prayers yes. have any power? Yes. If you pray for ways to love, yes. Uh, this chapter is about. Uh, what makes prayer powerful, and it posits that we have some confusion around the nature of answered prayers. For instance, if we pray for others to change their minds, we pray for others to change their behavior or alter their loyalties, uh, then God probably doesn't have any comment. Uh, If we pray for others to be more loving, more considerate, more honest, I don't think God has any comment there. God has no comment because God knows that change begins within. But on the other hand, if we pray for God to help us become more loving, loyal, and considerate, uh, God rushes in with the situations that give us a chance to make that happen. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I... We have to ask if our prayers are rooted in love, respect, and compassion for the needs of other people or if they are rooted in our fear that we won't get what we need. But but, but I, I, do, I do recommend people pray if they want something. You know, if it's something that you need, you'll get it. If it's not, maybe you won't, but it never hurts. And uh, I think the rules are that, you know, that the powers that be are not supposed to interfere with our free will, but if we, the only way they come is if we ask, and that's praying. I know, but I think that you ask. ask. I think the way you ask for something is by giving it. And so, therefore, if you want because I think that's how God responds to us. By by we show how, we have to show God what we value. So if we're praying okay. for people to be nicer to us, then we have to be nicer to other people because that's how it 
you create it. That's how it's created. Okay. Because God isn't judging one thing is good and one thing is bad. God is just judging, just responding to your own expression of what you love and what you want to receive. Well, also, if you look at it through the lens of learning lessons, maybe when you do something bad, it's a pathway to learn a lesson. Absolutely. So, you know, it may, you know, and a lot of people say, well, you know, there's an old story about the Chinese uh, farmer. How do you know it's bad? How do you know it's good? And and so on. You know, when something bad happens, it may turn out to be better. Like someone loses their job, but they find a better job or, you know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, But even if you do something wrong, hopefully you don't hurt anyone. I'm not advocating doing things wrong. I'm just saying it happens. Sometimes it leads you to learn a lesson. And Absolutely. it was something, you know, that was... In fact, all the know, time so. it leads you to learn a lesson. <laughs> well, but... If, you, you know, if you're willing to look what the lesson is. Yeah. Well, but you're talking about non-judgment. That would be one way of explaining why things are allowed. And people always say, well, if you know, if God really existed, why would he allow pain and suffering and war and all this? Well, we don't know. There are things and truths and dynamics going on beyond our comprehension. We well, I don't know that God is allowing everything. it. I think that we're creating it ourselves. Well, no, I God understand isn't creating, that. God isn't creating well, the wars. No, we're no, no, I understand that. Yeah. I understand that, but some people who don't believe in in a God, in God, I've you know, I've heard them say one of the reasons they don't believe is they don't believe that there were a God, that God would allow these things to happen. Well, saying, you know what you'd you say know, to that person? You'd say, oh, no. well, you know, what are you allowing to happen in your own life? Because um, it is the peace, for peace to be found, it has to be found in each heart here first. Uh, but that doesn't mean, I mean, just because universal peace doesn't exist doesn't mean that it can't exist for you individually. Sure. But for universal peace to exist, it means that it has to it has to manifest within you before it can manifest without you. Mm-hmm. I agree. We we yeah. create we create our reality. I mean, think Absolutely. about it. Really, you know, people says what's you know what is life about? Life isn't about anything. <laughs> it's about what you make we, it about. Yes, and you know we, when people like said, are moaning, moaning and moaning, yeah. yeah, and, and when yeah. people are moaning and complaining about uh, the war in the world, um, that's just ego trying to keep them focused on what's happening out there instead of what's happening within them. Uh, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a means that ego does of keeping us unbalanced and always focused on what other people are doing and what's happening out in the world instead of what's happening in your own personal life. Well, no question if everyone was peaceful and had love in their lives, there wouldn't be any more. No? So That's right. That, you know, peace well, starts think, with you, with each person, and when when that when you hear that people say that, it's, it, they say it because it's true. Peace begins with each person. Just make sure that your own life is peaceful instead of worrying about people halfway around the world and whether they're peaceful or not. Just wor- make sure that your life is putting out a peaceful, uh, a peaceful aura and a peaceful expression towards other people. Well, that takes care of Chapter 21. <laughs> is is world peace possible? Yeah. And uh would you want would you like to sum up for the uh for the show, Betsy? Well, I I think that it's it's about this uh, you know 
planet, planet Earth is populated by billions and billions of what I call love humans, trying to remember who they are and trying to regain their autonomy. And I'm sure that we wouldn't dispute that uh, we're living on planet Earth as human beings. It's the love part of love human that rarely gets its due. And, but nevertheless, we are both, and I think we're here to discover that part of ourselves uh, because, I mean, I think out of body we exist as pure, sweet love, and in body we exist as pure, sweet love in a body. And so it's just about remembering who we are and loving ourselves and, and, uh, and being kind to people, other people, live as, we, live as we hope others will live. That's what I love to say to myself almost every day, live as we hope other people will live. Okay, I think that's a good way to end it. And um, thank you, Betsy Thompson, for being my guest. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. We'll be back next week at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And we're going to go out with a little of uh, Freight Train Freddy. Bye. He was up each morning with the dawn Because he knew his daily run was long and hard And he had to be ready To get his freight train down the track Determination he would never lack A little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy Everybody was his friend And they all helped him to the end To keep those freight cars rolling along steady He never knew what to expect And was very careful not to wreck The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy's.